Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Tuesday, October 27th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. Explaining polling. Plus, what it means that scientists have discovered water on the moon. But first, it's exactly one week before the election, and here's some situational awareness. Amy Coney Barrett is on the Supreme Court, which now has a 6-3 to three conservative majority. On this vote, the yeas are 52, the nays are 48. The nomination of Amy Coney Barrett of Indiana to be an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is confirmed. And less than two hours after that, she was sworn in in front of President Trump on the South Lawn of the White House. The same South Lawn, where her nomination a month ago led to a coronavirus super spreader event. In the past few days, at least five people in Vice President Mike Pence's orbit have tested positive for the virus. And that comes as U.S. cases across the country are at record highs, with hospitalizations and death rates rising. All of that leads to our one big thing, the mood on the campaign trail. In a moment, Hans Nichols on a question for Democrats. Double down on Midwest battlegrounds or try to get a surprise win in a state like Texas. But first, Jonathan Swan on the Republicans. Jonathan, let me start by asking you, what are you hearing from inside the Trump campaign? Well, it's not uniform. It depends on who you talk to. Broadly speaking, there are some within the president's orbit who simply do not believe the polls. And then there's, you know, a bunch of people in the White House and some on the Trump campaign who have, I would say, a pretty pessimistic view of the situation. They look at Biden and they feel that he is a candidate who has many strengths that Hillary Clinton didn't have in the polling, particularly with senior citizens. And their view is Biden is just somebody who they never really landed a punch on. And we've also seen some of that pessimism in the Senate races as well. What are you hearing there? John Corden from Texas, I think, was saying, you know, privately, I've said, you know, push back on the president on such and such issues. Martha McSally from Arizona sort of declining to say whether she was proud of her support for the president. You see these sort of things, but no one's actually out and out condemning him. And the reason for that is because they need Trump voters. These Republican senators are caught in this horrendous position in which they are suffering with independents and suburban women because of their association with President Trump. They can't signal too much distaste because you have a Republican base that is very bonded to President Trump, a base that loves him, is energized by him, and they need every single one of those voters to turn up. So what ends up happening is they please nobody. Jonathan Swan is a politics reporter for Axios. So that's the state of play with the GOP. Let's move on to where the Democrats' minds are at. For that, we're going to Hans Nichols, who covers the Biden campaign for Axios. Hans, I wonder if we can start by just thinking about that war chest that former Vice President Biden has assembled in terms of how much money he has in this final week. How important is that? More money, more problems, right? Biden has all this money, and that's causing some progressives to start talking about maybe expanding the field because you've got a lot of money. That means you should have a bigger map. And so some folks in Texas are like, just send us 10 million. You've got the money and we'll turn Texas blue. 
But what you see from the Biden campaign is actually a more traditional and conservative strategy. What they're doing is investing in the states that they absolutely need to win, not the dessert states, not the cherry on top states. They just want to win. You've covered many campaigns. How is this point different than, say, 2016? Or is it the same? 2016, I think there was just a focus on the polling and no one thought Donald Trump could win. The big difference with 2016 is in 2016, so many Democrats thought that this was a done deal is that they aired more dirty laundry in the month of October. That still exists with Joe Biden, but you don't hear a peep of it. And that's because there's a recognition that the stakes are so high for Democrats and the stakes are a potential another four years of Donald Trump, which is really hard for some of them to sort of get their heads around. You mentioned polling. We are going to be back in 15 seconds with Margaret Talev explaining everything you need to know about polling. Don't don't look at them. Don't look at the polls. It's like the sun. Don't look at them. But you always look at the sun. You always do. Hans Nichols covers the Biden campaign for Axios without sunglasses. Welcome back to Axios Today. And in this final week before the election, I know a lot of you are going to be refreshing websites to look for the latest polls. Margaret Talev is Axios's White House and politics editor. And Margaret, yesterday in our staff meeting, you said you were a polling Dorcas, which is great <laughs> because that is exactly what we need right now. That's a highly scientific term, actually, and a badge of honor. I wonder if you can help us with some reminders of what we need to know to be smart about polling And I think the obvious first one is something that people hear a lot about, but it's the margin of error with a poll. How important is that to consider? The margin of error is really important because it gives the pollster some wiggle room to be wrong. (laughs) If a margin of error is two percentage points, plus or minus two points, that means you're supposed to be able to bank fairly close on that number. If the margin of error is seven percentage points, it may or may not be valid on any level, and you can kind of make your decisions accordingly. If you like polling, if you're a polling dorkus, (laughs) as I've self-identified, go to the bottom of the poll, read the methodology. If it's a public poll, it's much more likely to be something that you can look at the crosstabs on and something where there's less of a potential bias built in. What are the crosstabs? Every poll can be sliced and diced by how many men were interviewed, how many women were interviewed, race, perhaps income, right? All of that can be studied to different degrees to glean different details. So a poll is only as good as its assumptions. The trends tell you a lot, but they don't tell you everything. And again, they're based on assumptions. So of course we should look at polls and see what kind of clues they give us in between the lines. But you can't take the poll to the bank. Margaret Taleb is the White House and politics editor for Axios. Today, we are announcing that for the first time, water has been confirmed to be present on a sunlit surface of the moon. Here at Axios Today, we'd love to keep you up to date with all the latest space news with our reporter, Miriam Kramer. Hi, Miriam. So there's water on the sunny side of the moon. How big of a deal is this? 
Hey, so scientists are hoping that eventually NASA might be able to mine the moon for water, which would allow them to basically create rocket fuel, create drinkable water, create the stuff that you need to live kind of out in the solar system. And this discovery of water sort of in the sunlit part of the moon could mean that it's easier to access what they've sort of always kind of known was there, which is this, you know, this water. Do we know what state this water is in? I was like picturing a lake on the moon. Oh, yeah. No, not a lake. So it's so far from a lake. It's like not even a puddle. It's basically like molecules of water that are sort of trapped in lunar dust or in actually glass created when micrometeorites like slam into the moon. NASA is hoping to send people back to the moon as part of its Artemis program by 2024. Miriam Kramer is a space reporter for Axios. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach your team at podcasts at axios.com and you can find me on Twitter. If you want more news before tomorrow, you can tune into our afternoon podcast, Axios Recap. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.